And right now, Professor Kurt Iverson is sitting across from me. Professor Kurt Iverson, if you don't know, is an associate professor. How many times are you a professor? I don't know, just <laughs> associate professors, professors. Oh. Give me a promotion, go ahead. <laughs> Call me professor. <laughs> of uh, Urban Geography at University of Sydney. And every fortnight, uh, Kurt comes in for Down to Earth, which is a fortnightly segment where we talk about how we can make our cities fairer and more sustainable. And this week, everyone is talking about COVID-19. So we thought we'd get in on the discussion. Uh, people are battling each other in supermarkets for toilet paper. That's been a big headline, you know, beating each other up for bags of rice. And it's feeling like a little bit apocalyptic out there. So we're going to be talking about what this whole situation is teaching us about our cities and how they work. So thank you for coming in today, Kurt, to do so. Yep, it's a pleasure. Just being careful not to touch anything on the way in. Uh Um, (laughs) It's all getting a bit hectic. But listen, just I think it's a good excuse for us in a way to talk about how cities work, but particularly actually to focus on the work of making cities, right? Um, And so... Yeah, work seems like the thing for us to be talking about today because um, I think one of the many things that this um, emerging pandemic, I think it's been officially announced as a pandemic by the WHO this morning, but it's revealing how vulnerable so many of us are because of the kind of lack of rights of work that we've got. And actually that then speaks to the city and how the economy works here and how many of our sort of basic infrastructures and services are actually staffed by people who are like super precarious in their jobs. And then when you layer a pandemic on top of it, well, there are just literally millions of people out there right now in this country wondering what they're going to do if they have to make a choice between doing what the doctor orders, staying home, quarantining and isolating or being able to like eat and pay the rent. So, yeah, this is something that Sally McManus uh, from the Australian Council of Trade, Trade Unions has been talking a lot about over the past few days. What's yeah. been said? Yeah, so look, what the ACTU have been really pushing publicly for um, is just about the rights of casual workers, especially um, in the city. So, um, and their rights to basically have some paid sick leave because for most of those folks, obviously that's not something that they do have. So when you're told that you've got to stay home and isolate yourself and can't work for two weeks, either because you're sick or because you've been in contact with somebody who's sick, like what are you supposed to do for money? So that's the thing that she's been really um, jumping up and down about. And like, it is a big deal. So there are whole chunks of our kind of urban economy in a place like Sydney that are dependent on casual workers but also self-employed workers and actually informal workers that are working in the cash economy, like outside of the regulated, um, you know, labour force. And most of them just don't have any rights to any kind of paid leave, whether that be holiday leave or sick leave or carer's leave or anything like that. And I think we've kind of already seen what can happen in that situation. Like one of the earliest cases of somebody being, you know, testing positive for the coronavirus here in Australia was a like a bar worker down in Tassie, right, who felt unwell, thought, maybe I've got it, went and got themselves tested and then went back to work while waiting for test results. And he's copped like a crap ton of criticism for doing so. But that story actually speaks to a much bigger problem, right? It's not just about an individual making a bad choice. It's like a structural problem here in the way that work is organised in cities that puts people in that kind of position. 
So I reckon uh, just to help us wrap our heads around it, let's break down these different big chunks of the city's economy that actually rely on workers who don't have sick leave. What kind of jobs are we talking about, Kurt? Yeah, so look, we'll start with the biggest group, about 2.6 million of them across Australia, which is your casual workers, right? Um, And so if you're in casual work, as probably many of our listeners know, because you might be doing it, um, you basically get called in to do shifts at relatively short notice. You might have a roster organised a week or two in advance, or you might get a call in the morning. You get paid by the hour. You notionally get this loading on top of what a regular salary would be called a casual loading, and that's meant to compensate you for the fact that you don't have any permanent security of your job, any sick leave, any annual leave, any of that sort of stuff. So where a casual work is concentrated? Well, they're concentrated in hospitality, especially, so food, Cafes, restaurants, bars, blah, 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 in retail and in healthcare. Brilliant, right? So <laughs> together, um, those three industries account for about half of all the casual workers across the country. I feel like every casual worker listening just then gasped at you saying um, two weeks' notice was short for a roster. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know, right? Like two hours would be great if yeah. people got it. But yeah, so it's like um, as well as those industries, um, there's also large numbers of casuals in construction, manufacturing, in education. So in my sector, like half the work at Sydney Uni gets done by people on casual and fixed term contracts. Um, so those industries are a big deal. Um, and obviously it's a worry when you think about the industries and the nature of that work, like that's work that puts you in contact with other people. Mm. And then I guess as well, there's a whole bunch of other people that can also slip into that category. We're talking about people who are working in the cash economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. So there's people working in the cash economy. um, And for obvious reasons, like it's a bit harder for me to give you statistics about how many of them there are or where they're working. But like, um, because, you know, by their very nature, they're sort of outside of the surveyed economy at stuff. But even just talking to students at uni, as I've done on this topic for like the last bunch of years, there's heaps of cash hand work going on we know in hospitality again in retail again and also in construction and definitely in care work right so there are just heaps of for instance people out there that are getting paid to care for elderly relatives to pick up kids after school because parents are both working etc etc and so of course just like casual workers like they don't have any access to paid sick leave or any of those things they're typically just getting paid an hourly rate and maybe don't even have access to basic health and safety stuff or even a minimum wage in some of those industries as we've seen in all these scandals in recent times and i guess as well uh sorry with all of this um there's been some comment made by a government minister just recently to say that we don't have to worry about these people oh yeah 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 so that anyway Christian Porter, the Attorney General. So there's been a bit of public pressure ramping up, right? Like all these people without sick leave, millions of them in the economy, what are they supposed to do if they're told to stay home? And so very unhelpfully, a Commonwealth Government Minister goes, well, they will get a casual loading, right? So they've got like saved up. Yeah, (laughs) they've got like, you know, little nest eggs for a rainy day. They'll just be kicking back, watching Netflix for two weeks, living it up on all those savings that they've got. Um, So it's just kind of so out of touch with the working lives of most people in those industries to think that they've been, you know, because they get 
this casual loading that therefore they've just got, you know, buckets of money sitting around. And the other thing that's really important, I reckon, for us to point out is that, like, there are millions of those folks who are casual workers. Like, I think the image that sometimes comes into people's heads is it's like, oh, it's just like high school students picking up a few shifts at Macca's to, like, learn how to work or it's, you know, uni students that are living at home just, like, you know, doing a casual job to pay for their bloody mobile phone bills or something. Like, that's just not the reality of the casual labour force anymore. Like, people are depending on this to pay bills, pay rent, look after kids, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's just... Anyway, makes me cranky. We will have a little uh, uh, moment. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and come back and talk more about this. Here's a track for you. This is FBI Radio 94.5 FM, mornings with myself, Eddie Diamond, chatting to Associate Professor Kurt Iverson right here on Down to Earth. We talk about 
landscapes of our lives, <laughs> stories <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> and um, today we've been discussing the impending, impending pandemic of COVID-19 uh, to our country and what this means for the workforce and our economy. And we've been highlighting the uh, uh, the negative effects it's going to have on uh, casual workers, cash mm. in hand workers, all the workers on the fringes. Mm-hmm. So what can we do about this, Kurt? Yeah. So here's the thing. It's going to be like, I think one of the things that this is telling us is that actually this fight about people's access to some basic stuff like sick leave um, is really urgent now. Um, and I think it's actually in a way going to be the next frontier of like fights about working conditions more generally in this country. Um, like, so, you know, people like me who've got a permanent ongoing job, we've got access to paid holidays and paid sick leave because sometime in the past, unions fought for people to get that and won. Like there was a time when nobody had it. Um, and so workers got together in their unions, pushed for it, got it. Um, and it's the same with parental leave, blah, 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 all those things. And so um, like the way that those fights have typically happened in the past is that people have fought and won like in one part of the economy, maybe some group of factory workers somewhere or some group of miners in another place or whatever it's taken. So one industry, like there's a huge fight about some condition that gets introduced there, like parental leave or sick leave. And then you see it kind of like rolling across the rest of the country eventually as a government sort of says, all right, well, we're going to legislate that everybody has to do that. Um, So I think, you know, that's going to be the same situation here possibly. So Kurt, what does unionizing look like for casual workers is this possible yeah like and it's one thing like you know so i gotta you know own up here like i'm a you know i'm the president of the union branch down at sydney uni so i'm obviously like you're obviously a thug i'm a thug yeah union (laughs) thug and proud of it i should get a t-shirt so like um you know i'm obviously biased towards people joining the unions but like we're going to start by acknowledging that actually the union movement as a whole historically has not always been great at organising people who are casualised. It's often looked after the interests of people who are in more permanent employment. But that is definitely starting to change. So even if I look at my industry in higher education, like we're just seeing um, because of the high rates of casualisation, lots more people join in a union. Our unions made a big deal of like having super discounted rates for casuals to join just in recognition of the fact that they're precarious workers and they don't have the same amount of money to pay to join. Um, And it's really hard because like you're so precarious that as a casual, especially you're worried in the workplace about like sticking your neck out and complaining about something because it's like, oh, well, no more shifts for you. So actually it feels like really, you know, the only way that casual workers are going to be able to actually push back on this stuff is by collectivizing so that like it's not leaving it to individuals to stick their neck out but everybody goes together and pushes together for stuff cooperative union unions that's what we're all about baby and Uh, it's also you know like if you think about it like if i think about our union or the united workers union which represents heaps of those people working in kind of um you know some of those hospitality areas for instance as well like there's a really important role for people who have permanent jobs to also be supporting their casual colleagues and comrades in you know fighting to improve those rights and stuff yeah it's an interesting discussion as you said uh casual workers at 
your work are having problems with this and these mm. are people that are academics working working at universities. So yeah. imagine what it's like for delivery drivers to oh, unionize. Exactly. And so like what's been really exciting is that the union branch, like we've all across the country in universities, for instance, been sort of pushing around this issue of sick leave, particularly around um, the coronavirus, but more generally for casuals. And Macquarie Uni actually just a couple of days ago announced that any casual that had to stay at home would be paid for the fortnight that they had to stay home. If the uni has to close because of health concerns at any point, they'll be paid like everybody else while the place is closed and if they can work at home, sure. But like, so we're just starting to see like one or two employers like that come out and do the right thing. And now we're just waiting to hear whether Scott Morrison and his stimulus package is going to do this right thing by the whole workforce. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people uh, standing up for others, Sally McManus has put to Scott Morrison that this stimulus package should go towards uh, these workers in precarious situations. So, mm. yeah, are, are these is this one of the things that will help win sick leaves for casuals? Yeah, yeah. And I think it is one of the things because it speaks to the fact that, like, sick leave for casuals, like... When we fought for it over the years, and we have fought for it at Sydney Uni and lots of other unions, part of the point we've made, right, is that it's not just the benefit for the casual worker that, like, can stay home and not, like, get evicted because they're looking after their health. But actually, it's for the whole workforce. And that's what the Tasmanian example precisely reveals, right, which is that whether we're talking about coronavirus or the common cold or the flu or whatever... If you're coming to work when you're sick, then it's not just bad for you, it's bad for your co-workers because, like, obviously they're high at risk of catching whatever you've got. So actually, like, economically, surely it's better for us as a country to be saying to people, you know what, if you're sick and you're potentially going to make other people sick, how about you don't come to work? How about you stay home? Um, and so that's where, like, the role for government here in just actually legislating that employers have to provide this stuff and have to provision for it is really important. So this, it's like one of those things where the coronavirus has kind of, like, highlighted it, but, you know, it's even when this has gone away, it's still going to be a big issue and it's still a huge drain on the productivity of the economy if people are coming to work sick and making other people sick as they do so. Kurt Iveson, mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming in and discussing all of these things with us today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the pleasure earth. is ever. Thanks heaps for having me, Eddie. All right. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.